Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Monster Ate the Pilot Podcast. It's the podcast that's hosted by me, Brandon. It's Monday in the music room. It's late. It's late Sunday. It's very late. It's past midnight. So, yeah. It's going to be a fun show. I should be in bed. I got to work tomorrow. Today, technically. But no. It's also time to do the Monday in the Music Room. We ain't pushing this back. No, Tuesday's in the Music Room. Doesn't even make any damn sense. So are you getting this? It's a one-topic show tonight. We're going to be talking quite a bit about my therapy session this week. Not ketamine-related. I have a ketamine uh, check-in this week. Then I'll do more ketamine. And we'll figure that shit out some more. And then, uh, but no, this one, we'll talk about what we talked about last week. In terms of what I got on my ketamine session, then talking it through with my therapist, and then um, I, I've I've been thinking on things quite a bit this week, and we're gonna go over it together. But as always, if you like what you heard, spread the good word. Anywhere major places you get your podcast, you can find Monster Eight Pilot. You can watch the video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. Lights haven't changed in a while, you know. I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit low energy right now, just because. It's like 1230 at night, and I don't want to be too loud, even though every time I enter this house, the guy upstairs decides I'm just going to stomp around everywhere for like 20 minutes for no freaking reason, but whatever, you know. It's his house, I guess. It's his apartment. It's better than whenever he had his dude over, and his dude decided he could vacuum at 6 o'clock in the morning right above my room. That was fun. That was awesome. That was a great time. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun episode. It is gonna be a fun episode. There's no songs of the week. There's no real like media stuff related. Um, I just got back from Jake's house. Got to go see Jake for the first time in a little bit. Uh, went down there in Marta, watched the uh, Super Bowl. The um, who won? Chiefs won. Which is whatever. I mean, you that's that's probably all you're going to get. You're not going to get any some anything interesting about it on sports talk or anything like that. I don't really care enough to talk about the game in depth. I thought some people didn't like the halftime show. I thought it was good. I know some people are giving Usher shit for sweating so much, but hey, you know, that was pretty good. And anytime Ludacris shows up, it was great. I thought their second half of the game was going to be canceled because Little John had some people going. Get them going, man, for a second. They, they got pretty hyped there for a second. And I was like, oh shit, second half is canceled, man. <laughs> Second half, got to call it off. Little John doing his thing right now. <laughs> no. no, but basically, what the whole of this episode is, this will be a pretty short episode of Monster Eight the Pilot. Um, I talked last week like um, about the frustrations I had within my therapy session of me not being able to focus on the little thing I'm trying, like, trying to get done there. Like, you know, where I'm trying to... Um, you now, where my mind, like, you know, I wanted to focus on trying to find little small steps to help make bigger leaps in terms of, like, you know, just example, say, um, trying to think of like a small thing, like keeping my laundry up to date, you know, like something like that, you know, somewhere I might wait two or three weeks before I do laundry because I have so many, I have so much clothes and I go to work and I have so much work clothes that I don't have to wear a lot of like my day to day stuff that often, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, maybe why I still want to be on top of it a little bit more. Not have so many dirty clothes just 
in hampers or in my baskets and stuff like that. You know, just like examples here, like being a little bit more intuitive, not intuitive, a little bit more on top of it, a little bit more ingrained in the day to day. And then there's taking those little steps to make sure it's an easier process when I do comes to, okay, now we have all like it's laundry day or something like that. You know what I mean? Instead of waiting till, Oh my God, I've got like eight loads of laundry to do. It's going to take me two whole days. It's going to take both my days off just doing laundry and folding and putting away. And it's going to be such a pain in the ass. And it's going to make me feel like I don't have a day off when I go back to work. So I can start doing like little steps to alleviate that type of concern, alleviate the, those days from happening where I'm completely overwhelmed with just a menial task that I just let build up to the point it takes an entire day to do. Or in some cases, two days to do. And but in my ketamine session, my mind wanted to wander off into the idea of like eternity and the idea of what happens when we go or what happens after we die or whatever stuff I don't really ever think about. And talking to my therapist this week about it, and I, like I said, I got so frustrated with it, I actually like shed tears. I was so frustrated, like just those tears of just complete frustration out of it in a session, which is weird. Um. Talking to my therapist about it, we started talking about the whole thing and going over it. And I started kind of getting onto a little tangent that's had me thinking over the last few days about just who I am as a person, what I believe or what I don't believe or what I, I've never cared to think about or just never thought worth my time to think about. You know what I mean? It's heavier stuff or bigger ideas that I don't know. See, I, like most people, I'm thinking almost everybody, at a certain point, you understand that you die. And that's, that's, it's troublesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some people, they, they get that and they, they freak out or they have trouble accepting the idea, especially when they're younger. Like, you know, me, I was like 11, 12 or something like that. It's like, everybody I know will die at some time. You know, I'm going to go at some point. No matter what I do, I will die. And it's like, you finally wrap, like, your mind starts wrapping your head around that whole concept and idea and it, it's overwhelming at that age but eventually you accept it and you understand and you move on the thing with me is like i under i got it and understood it you know and then i just never cared to think about it anymore like i talked about like my whole identity with faith and stuff like that which is pretty much non-existence non-existent last catholic yada 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 you know the joke at this point um is that it's not so much I don't believe in anything. It's just I don't care. And I'm not nihilist or anything like that. I don't know. I don't like the idea of nihilism. I think it's from the Big Lebowski. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're nihilists. You believe in nothing. It's like, it's not fair. Who's the fucking nihilist here? Sorry about that, but I had to do the quote correctly. <laughs> um, but I do hold, I guess, nihilistic ideals and have like this whole idea of just like, who cares? Why, why do you, why do you care about that? What, what's even, why would you even waste your time thinking about stuff like that? Why would you waste your time even caring about something like that? Like, you know, if we, if we die, we die, who cares if that you go to heaven or if you go to hell or if you go to whatever, you know, just enjoy what you got here or something, you know, just like some like basic idea of under that. I don't know. It's like, in, I hold these nihilistic ideas of just, I don't believe in anything. That's what it ended up coming down to is like, what do I believe in? And I've been thinking about it for days. I believe in you guys. 
like my listeners or my friends, like, you know, really I say listeners, like a douchebag here, like almost everybody listens to shows like a friend of mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, there might be a few people out there that I don't know who listen to the show. Um, I don't know. I've never looked into, I don't, I can't find like a subscriber list or anything like that. Um, I don't do Patreon or any that nonsense. Um, I do OnlyFans though. Yeah, that's right. No, I mean, so almost everybody listens to the show. I know who they are personally. And I believe in them. I believe, you know, my friends. I believe in what they can accomplish. It's the greatest people that you could ever hope to meet in your entire life is the people I've met in my life and who I cherish. But what do I believe in about myself? And that question has been bothering me for days. Because I don't believe in anything about myself. You know, I believe in like certain ideas or I believe in what's not like, uh, I don't, what is it? I don't believe in what. I believe in Watts, but I don't believe in who, if that makes any sense. I, I, I believe in what I am, but I don't believe in who I am, if that makes any sense. And that's what I'm dealing with right now, is rectifying this idea of who I've been for 33 years, or especially, I guess, last 20 years. Like, my depression spell started, like, 20 years ago. Like, rectifying that idea of who I am as a person and what I believe in about myself, when... I've never thought about it or cared about it. And now I have to like understand like part big major reasons of why I've had the problems that I have is I've never cared about myself. So I have to say the word again, rectify those shortcomings for 20 years. I have to put that all together and I have to understand who I am. I have to understand what I believe in about myself. Cause I keep thinking, it was like, well, you know, I believe the idea of me being sober is the best thing for me. I, you know, but is that believing in me or am I believing in the idea of sobriety? I don't know. It's like, I'm, I, that's like, I, that's the only thing I could come up with was the sobriety stuff. You know? Well, I, I believe, I do believe I try to be the best person I can be. I, I believe I always try to be as fair as possible or as, um, non-hypocritical as possible but what does that mean you know what is what does that mean why am i the judge of what's hypocritical why am i the judge of that i guess it's my own state of being my own consciousness is what i get to experience so i should have the best understanding of it but i don't know it's like i'm i'm hitting some deep stuff here of stuff that maybe I, I should have went through 10 years ago or maybe I should, even farther ago, or at least had more of a better understanding of what it was or what I wanted to believe in about myself. Jake, I talked to Jake a little bit about it earlier and he brought up um, the TV show Firefly, which I've actually never watched. And he brought it up about, I think Nathan Fillion's character is an atheist in the show and they meet a priest and the, you know, and the priest is like, you know, you need to believe in something. And he's like, no, I'm not going to believe in God. And he's like, you don't have to believe in God. You have to believe in something though. Like he's like, I don't need you to believe in God. I need you to believe in something. And that's kind of where I'm at. I've believed in nothing for a long time. You know? Believed in nothing about myself for a really long time. And I guess I'm missing that anchor point. That, not to bring up lost stuff here. I guess I'm missing my constant. That, that thing that tethers me. 
that keeps me grounded and keeps me from hitting a rock bottom or bottoming out or that thing that can help drive me forward in times of less motivation, that time of um, when I'm not as on top of things, when I'm a little bit more down both motivation or wants or needs or whatever it is, that's where we're at now is that I need to find that thing to believe in about me, you know, like, my family can only take me so far. My friends can only take me so far. Eventually, it has to be me. It has to be something about myself that I need to believe in, that I have to wholeheartedly throw myself into and understand and be able to, like, this is this is who I am, not what I am. This is who I am. This is something I, you know, cherish, or this is something that pushes me forward every single day, something that... I may not even realize it, but it is something I'm working towards at all times. If this is making any sense, I don't know. And that's where we're at is I have to rectify an idea that I haven't believed in anything for so freaking long. And now I'm trying to make up for all this lost time. And now I have to, I have to. It's made me think about just the idea more my ideas of beliefs. I mean, this isn't going to make me, I'm not going to be no Bible thumping person. <laughs> nah. That book's way too full of snakes. If you, you know, that garden is full of snakes, let's just say. Yeah. Um, rather protect parasites and perverts than, you know, or the people who, I shouldn't say the book does. I should say the people who, you know, cherish that book. I've already made my thoughts known about Quite a few of the people that love following the good book. Um, but I mean, even if it ends up, you know, it's like, oh, I believe nothing happens when we die. I need to have an understanding of that's what I feel. Like, it's just, to me, it's always been just, I don't care. I don't care. And that's been so much part of my life is I don't care. And I've talked about that when it came to grief related things that, you know, for a long time, especially with my dad being sick the way he was, that I tried so hard to be the tough guy, like the, you know, oh, I'm not going to cry because I'm going to be the strong one. And, you know, people are going to see me being strong in this moment and they're going to realize it's going to be OK and all this other stuff and bullshit, you know. That's really what all comes down. That whole idea is it's that's bullshit. Um, really, it was because I was emotionally immature and emotionally unable to handle it. So I basically shut myself off and put wedges in between me and my loved ones and put wedges in between me and my own feelings and me and my own wants and desires. And it turned me into kind of a, like I said, a stoic kind of nihilistic person who never let anybody in, never let himself be shown for who he is. So I turned off a lot of these things and now I'm having, I'm starting to understand that I need to turn some of these things that I have numbed or kind of cut off. I need to reattach them somehow and work on that and grow from it. I mean, what's really at the end of the day, what's the point of any of this? Say no matter what, if you're not growing from the experiences you have, what's the point? And that's kind of where I'm 
going with this is that I need to reattach these things that I've numbed myself to. I failed a lot and I need to rectify those failures. I need to open myself back up. I need to allow the idea of, I'm not even sure, the idea of vulnerability being okay. And I don't know. I've talked about it numerous times on here over the hundreds of episodes or whatever we're at that, you know, I'm not easy. It's not easy being vulnerable that letting the right things in. It's tough. It's a, I don't know. Ultimately, you know, it's you have to come to terms with the wrongs that you've made in your life. No matter how hard they are. I guess if I would um, put it to sobriety, it's the idea of amends, snaking amends and stuff like that. I've never, I guess I've, I've made amends with almost everybody that say I'd wronged. During my times of like my drinking, my depression spells and, you know, kind of not being there or not, not so much not being there, not being as present as I should have been or using them as like a crutch and stuff like that. I, I've come to terms, but I've never come to terms with myself on it. So the toughest thing for me is self-forgiveness and that's, that's a step that's almost feels like that's such a step so far beyond what I can actually handle but I have to I have to come to terms with the idea that I can do that I mean it's it, this is not something that's going to be easy it's not going to be something I can just say okay yeah you're forgiven that's not no that's not how brain works it's not, not how my mind works at all it'll be a process it's going to have to be probably <sighs> Quite a bit more therapy sessions, both ketamine-based and uh, more talk therapy-based. It's going to be probably a, a, a long, tough journey, but I'm willing to freaking do it. I mean, I'm already this far. Why not? You know, getting high is fun. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It's been an odd week, but I feel good talking about it, you know? There's times when, like, kind of the first time I've kind of, it, this, I guess, would kind of branch off the selfish stuff I talked about a couple weeks ago, how I'm a selfish person. I guess this is where all those kind of selfish things, like I said, like the ketamine session put me into that selfish vibe. And then the second one was basically, you know, kind of show me bigger ideas. I guess it's just show me that the idea that you have to find something bigger than yourself to believe in or find something within yourself to believe in, I should say. Find something that you can connect yourself to that is bigger than you, bigger than the idea of yourself. So you can connect to it and live through it or live for it or, you know, I'm not sure if I'm saying any of this correctly or the way I'm wanting to actually purvey what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's a half-written song there. Um, I guess that's what it was trying to show me. It was not so much my irrational brain trying to say, oh, no, let's just waste our time in this thing. It's like, no, the reasons why you can't ever make these small steps is because you can't find anything 
outside or anything that you believe in about yourself that is true to you and you alone to help push you forward as you try to make these small changes in your life that eventually turn into these giant changes that turn things into, you know, easier steps or just kind of changes who you are at the heart of yourself. I don't know. It's, it's even on the way back up tonight from Jay's house. I even thought, man, it's like, man, I would love to win one of these big bets or just hit the lotto or something like that and really just take time to figure out who the fuck I am. You know? Sorry. Was that two F words? (laughs) Just go out there and experience far more and find, maybe find an answer out there. I mean, it's out there. I could read, I can write, but like, to find that experience, to find, because I don't know, do I go in, I guess I could go into it. Like when my dad got sick, started getting really sick, it was right around the time I was about to get out of college when he really started going downhill. And I used to have, I always, I really punished myself at that point mentally because naturally, you know, when you're about to get done with college and stuff like that, you have the thought of like, man, maybe I'll travel the world for a year. Then I'll try and get a job or whatever and stuff like that. But with how how sick my dad was getting towards the end or like right there as I was about to graduate and it was getting worse and worse. If I ever write 17 seconds to hell, what a fucking story that would be. Um You'd have, I'd have these selfish thoughts and these selfish ideas. It's like, well, since dad the way he is, I won't be able to go experience this. I won't be able to go travel. I won't be able to do this. Like my, and it was like, I know now, like part of the the majority of me, the rational side of Brandon understands that's, that's a very natural thought to have. Like, you know, how much is this like, cause ultimately there is a part of you that is always going to be selfish in a way, like, you know, you want to experience what you want to experience, you know, I want to go to Italy, I want to go to, uh, I would love to go see Mecca, I would love to go to, um, you know, Jerusalem, see the Wailing Wall, I'd love to go to Cairo and see the Great Pyramids, stuff like that, or, you know, just what I mean, you like, stuff you'd love to do, but, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way, and it's just kind of natural, like, man, it's kind of, Oh, I was going to do this this year. But like, I guess since it was such a heavy subject, like I said, I'm so emotionally immature, I couldn't deal with it properly. I couldn't deal with like the idea of losing my dad. I couldn't deal with it at the time. I still struggle a lot with the idea of it. And it still, every once in a while, really bothered me a lot. And um, losing any parent that way, I mean, it's just, I don't want to go too deep there. Not tonight. Um. That I would have like that thought. I'm like, that's cool. I know I'm gonna have to stay here. I'm gonna have to stay in Portsmouth and you know work and help. And it's like it's gonna screw up my plans. And then you know that thought would enter my head. And then you know the rational side's like, oh, let's let's take that and run with it, you piece of shit. Like you know that's right, you piece of shit. Why why would you want to help your fucking parents? You know that's that's where rational irrational brand would come in and really start just beating the absolute shit out of myself for it, for having you know what is 
a pretty understandable thought about your own life. No, he would go in as hard as possible and just tear me to freaking pieces. And then I would drink some more about it. And then, you know, I would, you know, then eventually leads me down the path. Seven years later, spitting my, myself in the mirror when I'd see myself when I was drunk and really out of it and just really self-loathing to the point of like, you know, oh, there I am in the mirror. Well, go fuck yourself. You know? <sighs> I don't know. I've got to find that balance. I've got to find that thing, as I said earlier. I've got to tether myself to something to believe in about who I am as a person. Because, you know, I think as life-saving as sobriety has been, I've kind of used it more as a crutch than a tether. I've used it as to prop myself up, but I haven't used it to help me make a step forward. It's just helped me, you know, get up off the ground. I need something that's going to help me take that new those steps. And, you know... Thankfully, like my therapy and stuff like that has been fantastic. I think this therapy session I just had with Karen was the best therapy session I've ever had. Outside of when I actually started talking about, you know, the grief associated with losing my dad a few years ago. Um, this is one of the best ones. And I think the ketamine stuff is opening up, like, my mind to the ideas that I've, I've never... I want to say it was like, or too complex, but that's not the case. It was just, I don't care enough to like think about. It's like, no, these are things you have to come to terms with. You have to come to terms with belief. You have to come to terms with faith, whatever that faith is. Like I said, what the Firefly guy said, you don't have to believe in God, but you have to believe in something, you know? Whether it's you, like, ultimately, it's just you believe in the people around you. You believe in making the world a better place. You just believe in making your house a better place. You believe in. Bruce Springsteen, which we all should believe in, you know, believe in the love that you gave me and believe in the faith that can save me. <laughs> yeah, I brought it back to Bruce somehow. Believe in Jurgen Klopp. I believe in the Godfather. I don't know. I'm just looking at things in my room. Believe in Bobby Orr. Ah, number four, Bobby Orr. You know, you've got to come to terms with it. I've got to come to like some idea of who I am as a person. I've got to come to the idea of what I am and who I am and that belief and that structure to help move forward and become some form of a normal person, whatever that means. Normal to me. I don't know what normal is. <laughs> I don't think anybody really does. But we all want to approach the idea of it. I don't know. It's probably been a rambling mess. It's been an odd week. I feel good. Don't take this episode as anything other than I do feel good. Um, I'm not in some weird headspace. I'm not in some... Uh, should we be checking in on him? Um, I know I want to jam Justin's. Uh, I don't think he caught that I was doing, I was on ketamine because I'd sent him a mess. I had sent him a Maddie message about how great of people they were. And he, he said he actually got it. He was like, he was a little worried. He's like, I hope he's doing okay. Like, you know, because I could see it, I guess, reading back. And I'm like, this could be seen as a suicide text. <laughs> like, hey, just want to let you know I love you guys. It's like, you're always, you're all great people. Peace out, Brandon. Like, um, that's an odd one because <laughs> I don't think I specified that I was also on ketamine. <laughs> it's 
some people did get specified. I was like, hey, I'm tripping balls here, man. <laughs> but yes, but yeah, don't take anything from this episode as like Brandon's struggling for anything right now. I feel very good mentally. It's just I'm dealing with big ideas and big thoughts and big things that I've never felt like or never cared enough to actually think about. And now I'm thinking about them and coming to terms with more of who I am as a person. Um, that should be monster eight to pilot for tonight. Like I said, it was a one episode. It was a one topic show. Um, I don't really think anything else going on really would fit with talk after talking about stuff like this. Um, so I just want to thank you for listening and understanding all the fun stuff. If you like what you heard, spread the good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monstrate to Pilot. Watch the video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. I'll be on the LFC transfer room this week for Star Stripes Anfield Nights on Tuesday night at nine o'clock Eastern time. Um I might be on that afternoon as well. Maybe. I don't know. Excuse me. But other than that, I'll be back Thursday with Sports Talk. We'll talk about a Liverpool win. Um, still don't have the MLS preview done, so that will be next week. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Um, figure this stuff out. I'll have another ketamine session in next week. Hopefully, I do kind of hope they're not, it's not every single time I do it. It's like, Oh my fucking God. And I know I've said more F words this week than I have in the past few weeks. So I do apologize for that. I am working on it. So if my mom, when my mom catches up, she says she's catching up. Uh, I think she's going to be proud of her baby boy. Not saying F word every other like third or fourth word like he did back in the early days. Cause that probably did turn off a lot of people. Cause anytime I go back, cause I, you know, I do go back and listen to some old stuff, like older things here or there. Cause you know, the old stuff's better. No, <laughs> No, I'll go back there in his mind like, uh, like, oh, I forgot that I was doing this or trying this or, you know, oh, I forgot that I talked about stuff like that. Why don't I go back to doing that? Or, oh, actually, I have better ideas about how that works now. So why don't I just do it in the newer episodes? So I go back from time to time and listen. And man, I did like it all the time. So, yeah. But other than that, that should be it. Um, thank you so much. Like I said. It's been a fun episode, I believe. It's been an interesting episode. Hopefully I didn't ramble and just kind of go off on weird stuff and be a complete psychopath. I do think I'm kind of a soci sociopath sometimes. Or that's what I I guess we're kind of going back into it. Okay, hold on. So I think so, some like issues that I think I've also been like noticing is that like I have sociopathic tendencies. I'm, I'm not like a full sociopath. I can empathize and stuff like that and understand. But I think sometimes I feel like I'm like in my brain is because my my brain doesn't shut off. <laughs> like you know, you start telling me a thing and that will remind me of something else. And all of a sudden, as you're you've talked to me for like two minutes straight, my mind's went to like 45 different subjects and is now thinking about that one guy who was in this one movie in 1992 with Glenn Close because something you said vaguely reminded me of somebody who else was in a different movie that eventually ran to that guy who's in that movie with Glenn Close. And it's like, what's being said? So I can't focus. So almost as like a compensation of my ADHD, I feel like sometimes I mask, or not mask, I um, mirror emotions. Like if you start crying in front of me, I'll probably start crying because it's almost like my brain's like, that's how I should feel right now. Or if you're laughing, I'll start laughing. Or if you're mad, I get mad. It's like, I have my own emotions, obviously, 
but there's times where I just feel like I'm so inequipped to deal with things. <laughs> that's another thing of just like, that's why I've got to figure out who I am. Cause it's not fun half the time, but whatever we deal with that in future episodes. But once again, thank you for this rambling episode. Peace out, Girl Scout. 10-4, Daddy-O. Let's get the hell on out of here.